honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Again, Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? We are ready here. I am joined <laughs> by Oddly Stevenson. I am your host, Paladino Joey. Welcome aboard, Oddly. Hey, thanks for having me, Joey. This is awesome. This is the man from the oddman.com. He is <laughs> you've elected to join the show. I really, really appreciate this. Yeah, no, I, my pleasure. You know, I've I've got a sort of long history in the in the world of podcasting, uh, specifically with basketball, and I just I just have an affinity for podcasts. I like the way they provide a platform for people to express themselves and build an audience and gain credibility and and do all sorts of wonderful things. So I mean, uh, you know, that's how I kind of got my start, and uh, I appreciate uh, anyone that's out there doing their thing, man. So uh, thanks for having me again. Absolutely, yep, and thank you for having me on board uh, the great Oddman Media Network as well. Yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, to, to kind of give a little history about that. Yeah, um, ju- ju- I mean, just for myself, uh, you know, again, long time basketball NBA fan. Um, about five or six years ago, I, uh, me and a partner of mine decided to do our own podcast, and uh, that was the breakdown with David Audley, and that ran for about five years. And um, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, we, we we had a blast with it. We had you know, t- tons of great basketball guests and uh, talking hoops. I mean, the, the motto for our show used to be called for hoops talk the way it should be. And it was just, you know, two guys hanging out talking basketball. And, and, and for me, because um, podcasting is always, I mean, really podcasting is where I got my start um, in sort of the basketball media world and really launched a lot of things for me. Um, I, again, I've always just had an affinity for it. And uh, when when we made the decision uh, just over a year ago to to kind of go our separate ways and pursue our own projects, um, I still very much wanted to stay in the pro- in the podcasting realm. So uh, instead of doing my own podcasting, uh, I, I created the Odd Man Media Network and mm-hmm. uh, great shows like yourselves. Obviously, uh, our, our buddies Hank and Vince uh, from the Courtside Podcast are on board, yes. uh, plus the plus a slew of others who, um, I, you know, I'm talking about programs who I've just appreciated shows I've. I, 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 I love the content. Um, I could talk hoops forever. So the opportunity of uh, collecting and providing a platform for other great podcasts to sort of share and and share their passion was really something I thought was important. And I created that opportunity. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 in for that. I'm always hey, if there's others that want to jump on board, I would love to have you. And again, there's more opportunities uh, to talk hoops, man. That's what it's all about. That's exactly what it's all about, and I, yeah, I mean, I could talk basketball forever too. I mean, shucks, some of my shows with the forecaster they went on a little too long, like two hours of <laughs> marathons. The marathons, yeah, yeah, they were podcasting marathons. But I mean, the crazy part is some of the longest shows ended up being the highest. Uh, they ended up getting like the highest response, the highest yeah. revenue. It's like okay, wow. 
Well, well, you know what I think it really comes down to is people's ability to connect, and and that's why, mm-hmm. again, why I like podcasting. You know, I mean, you know, when when we when we started, one one of our our, our main reasons uh, why Dave and I thought it was important to do a podcast is uh, about basketball specifically. Is here we are, uh, we were two guys based out of Toronto, Canada, uh, Canada, where a country is primarily known for hockey, and I mean that's just reality. <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, hockey wasn't either one of our things. We were hoops guys from the beginning and that's all we had a love for so the opportunity to create our own content uh, about basketball was big for us and then what we found is we started to tap into this market of other basketball fans guys that loved NBA hoops guys that wanted to or gals too that wanted to sort of uh, a platform to kind of share that 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 passion so uh, I, I think when you're going back to your point about you know you know going on forever and, and connecting with people I think that's really what it's all about shared passions people can uh, from all walks of life, from other ends of the planet, can sit down and talk about their mutual uh, connection, which is basketball. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love it. Heck, and I was able to get Vince Germano on. We kind of, you know, we kind of build up a relationship <laughs> because of that. And now Vin we've Rock, started Vin to Rock. Uh-huh. Yes. The, pe- the yep. people's champ, Vin Rock. <laughs> the people's champ. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that introduction on that show. Court side, of course, the court yep. side. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you just meet new people, and heck, we you know we met this way. It's very cool. It's a nice way to it's a nice way to meet people and build uh, build relationships in the alternative media we like to call it. Well, it, it, it is, and, and, and again, going back to that shared common interest. I mean, yep. uh, you know, that, that's that one thing that we can connect with and just. And, and go off on and, and, and be, be totally comfortable with. And I think that's, again, the opportunities of what podcasting can do for individuals. So if you're out there and, hey, you ever thought about doing a podcast, mm-hmm. I would certainly encourage that because, you know, without yeah. without me having my podcast, I would never have been in a, an NBA locker room. I would never have had an opportunity to, to interview uh, players directly or, or get back access to cool things. So, I mean, you know, if you're ever thinking about it, by all means, do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, heck, I need to still get in the locker room. But yeah, you you mentioned that. I mean, I noticed too. I was watching your video on your uh, on the Odd uh, Media Network page. Pardon yep. me. Is uh, yeah, I noticed you had quite a few interviews. Uh, who was the most interesting, <laughs> if, I, if I can ask? You know, you know, it's funny. It's 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 one of those things. Like if you go to a, it's like if you go to a parent and go, hey, you know, who is your favorite child? Kind of a thing. It's like yep. you know, yeah. <laughs> they'll, yep. they'll pick them all. But um, mm-hmm. cer- certainly, there, there's there's a few that you know stand out in my mind. Uh, you know, the, the the most unlikeliest one that was probably the most memorable, and I and I'll never forget. Uh, I think was uh, good old Jaleel White. You remember him as Urkel on Family Matters. Um, he oh, wow. came. He came on the program, and uh, and many didn't know that he was a huge basketball fan. I mean, he was gi- gigantic basketball fan. But more more importantly, than that he was just hilarious. He was the funniest guy I think I've ever ever had an opportunity to speak with. Um, he he had Dave and I in stitches. I remember uh, after that interview again, we did a phone interview with him. And after that phone interview, I remember calling my buddy Dave an hour later, and I still had a headache because I was just laughing so much. It was it was <laughs> mind splitting. So I mean, he was a lot of fun. Um, I think back to a, a couple guys that who've been on the program that unfortunately aren't with us anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, Escalade Jackson, Troy Escalade Jackson, which is, of course, uh, the brother of Mark Jackson. Um, oh, Troy Jackson was a streetball legend, uh, and he, he'd been on our program a number of times, and he's just a, a down-to-earth guy that was a lot of fun. Uh, another guy, Wayman Tisdale, uh, yes. for old basketball heads may remember him. Um, uh, mm-hmm. He, he, uh, he, he again, another gentleman that's no longer with us, but I just remember um, uh, talking to him shortly after he had his uh, one of his legs amputated, uh, and shortly after uh, that, we had an opportunity to sit down and chat with him, and he talked about how inspirational that was, how he uh, how uh, how much of inspiration he was to other people that were going through similar battles, and how important it was for him to keep on that fight. And, uh, and and he certainly did do that. And uh, again, he and he and he's one of these guys that and you hear about these guys that have a career after basketball. Uh, he went on to have an amazing jazz career. Uh, was a great musician. I mean, he had played. He was always a jazz musician throughout his playing career. Uh, so after his playing days were over, he just continued that uh, continued that on. And uh, he did a phenomenal, made you know, made a phenomenal life after himself. So just that, you know, again, I, I just feel really blessed of an opportunity to share some really neat stories. Again, yeah. funny guys, uh, heartwarming, down to earth guys. Uh, just a wide gamut and just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I remember uh, Wayman Tisdale. You know, my my basketball uh, experience goes back to about ninety one, back that mm-hmm. old Lakers, uh, yep. <laughs> Lakers and Bulls. Yeah, how yep. far back do you go about? Oh, I mean, I, I remember the Pistons back in the, my earliest days, uh, certainly the Bad Boy Pistons. And prior to that, oh, of yeah. course, you had the, the legendary Magic and, and, and Bird uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> matchups, were, which really, I think that's really what they, they really started the, the, the trend of really um, getting basketball fans excited about the game. And then obviously with a passion. And, and I mean, they had some huge battles, the, the Celtics and Lakers. So, I mean, yeah, I, I was uh, hooked from back then, a young kid mm-hmm. watching it going, wow. This is cool, right? So, oh, that had to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that had yeah. to be awesome to go back into the uh, the '80s, the Lakers, Celtics. I mean, the heck, they made a they made a Sega Genesis game simply called uh, Lakers Celtics. I still remember that back yeah. then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look at you going back in the history books there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because the matchup was just so. It was just it was a embedded in nba history so it's like let's just make a game named after it and then go from there well yeah and then i think too what they did is where they really started to sell personalities yep. and they wanted people to connect with the individuals and i and i think that's brilliant i mean and and you you know you give all the credit to to david stern uh you know newly retired yeah. commissioner but uh you know he 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 really marketed the game as the individuals and and just sort of to, to sort of fast forward a little bit um uh, part of my one of the, the new roles that I have, actually I wouldn't say new, but in the last couple of years, I've been heavily involved with the National Basketball League of Canada, uh, mm-hmm. where, I, where, where I do a lot of uh, media publicity promotional work. And we, what we do is very, we sort of take the David Stern approach where we start look at focusing on, on, on individual players, marketing them, how do fans connect with them, how do they relate to them to be fans of the overall league itself. So, um, you, know, you know, David Stern obviously... <laughs> he did a bunch of great things, and I thought that was one of those br- more brilliant moves in terms of finding ways of connecting fans uh, to the game itself. Yeah, he sure has globalized the sport in a big way. He's done a lot of things. He got he got lucky at the beginning, <laughs> obviously. The '84 yep. draft, it doesn't get better than that. Sure, um, it's been a heck of a career. It's 30 years now. We moved to Adam Silver. Yep, uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Hope for the best there. It should be though. I mean, I'm it will not. Be. 
Yeah. No, I, no. I think I, th- I think what's happened is you know David Stern ha- has laid down a, a really good foundation, and yes. if, you know if, if 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 Silver just sticks to that, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't have to go outside the box. If he sticks to just that, uh, he'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, uh, I think one of the big things that that you know we 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 often forget about is that Silver has kind of been David Stern's right hand man for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially over the course of the last year and a half, two years. I even go back to to the the, the, the last labor situation that they had. I mean, Silver was by his side every step of the way, so he's had an opportunity uh, to get that that literally that first hand mentoring uh, from you know one of the be- best commissioners of all time. Yeah, that's the that's going to be the encouraging part because Adam Silver, yeah, I mean obviously all he has to do is follow in the footsteps as you said. So things should things should work out in the in a good way. I mean, who knows? I'm <laughs> I'm not too happy about the sleeves and all that and the advertising. I mean, that's something very debated. Yep. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I think it 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 for for the the traditional NBA basketball fans, they look at this and say, "Why are we doing this?" Yeah. Um, you know, does the NBA have to, you know, sell their souls, so to speak, in this manner and by creating these new marketing ventures uh, to make billions of bucks off of. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the debates can go back and forth on that. Uh, for me, at the end of the day, uh, the quality of play on the court is what I focus on. Yeah, and in, the, and in the grand scheme of things, that is what, that's obviously what the NBA is all about, is the quality of play. Oh, I mean, uh, me, I'm like, a, you know, I... I always seem to favor like the older guys, but at the same time, the the league is in good hands, as Michael Jordan once said about ten years ago in his yeah. final All Star game. That, that that was cool when he said that. Well, they do. Um, I think yeah, I think they are, and I think they have been, and uh, I I like the direction that the league is going. And I mean, again, yeah. going back. The, the the NBL National Basketball League of Canada. Uh, it's it's it's. A, I'll make a quick plug here if you don't mind. But it's oh, a, yeah. yep. uh, it's, a, it's a Canada's first all pro league. There 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 are nine teams uh, throughout the country, and uh, the league is growing. It's only in its third season, uh, but it's got huge acclaim and players from all over. Uh, and the one thing that when we look at when we talk about planning at the league level um, and 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 really developing, growing, we, we we oftentimes look at the NBA as a model. And we look at what the NBA is doing or has done or didn't try or wanted to try or whatever, to, to, and we look at those as options. Because, I mean, you know, if, if greatness is out there, why recreate it? Just copy it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can't beat them, join them, right? Sure. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And, yeah. You, you also do a podcast about that, Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know my 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 again the, the podcasting bug has never left me. I always found mm-hmm. a way to, to get on a podcast or two. But yeah, NBL Canada Live uh, is the name of the podcast, and that gives a weekly recap of what's gone on in the league. Um, uh, again, with, with with sort of my involvement, I've uh, I've got a huge exposure to pretty much. Um, every team and every market, so uh, that provides an opportunity to create really good content. And again, creating content for the league. So the the, the podcast is something that I do. Um, we, I'm also involved with a lot of the weekly recaps. Uh, I do a weekly top ten for the National Basketball League of Canada, uh, as well as the feature stories and a bunch of other behind the scenes stuff. So yeah, the, the the involvement with the league keeps me very very busy. And uh, yeah, you, you, I, I never can seem to leave the podcasting realm. <laughs> Yep, it's a bug. Once you have it, you can't you can't get rid of it. Shucks, I mean, this is uh, I do four shows. I, I'm kind of crazy. Nice, nice. <laughs> I'm nice. nuts. Yeah, that's about that's about that's about what sums it up. Uh, but no, that's a great show. I've I've checked it out, and uh, it was a nice way to kind of 
indirectly get to know you a little bit before I came on. I just, you know wanted to, wanted to listen to a few shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No, yeah, so, and and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I think the, the, mm-hmm. the you know with the direction of the league and where it wants to be, yeah. uh, which is really you know the best basketball. Uh, league next to the NBA really is a goal. And uh, when you look at year to year to year, the level of talent that comes in, uh, it's totally doable. And, you know, those who are involved with the league at the league level are, are quite excited and uh, can't wait to see this thing explode and blow up. Yeah, but yeah, I hope it does. I hope it does for sure. So um, tonight, uh, are, are we ready to switch directions back to the current NBA? <laughs> Sir, while we're, while we're here, why not? Since there we Dare we, right? Dare we? Mm-hmm. Well, your Toronto Raptors, uh, you know, they well, they got a nice little win tonight against the Pelicans. Of course, the Wolves couldn't beat them the other night. That, that was... <laughs> I feel for your oh. Wolves. I really do. I, you know, nope. they're, they're, it's one of, like, you know, each and every year we go into the season and there's oh, a level yeah. of optimism, right? And, and, and as there should be. I mean, everyone's yeah. starting 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, you know, you've got big hopes and dreams for your squad. And I, I think the Wolves had a lot of hopes coming in uh, with respect to just, you know, how well they can do. And, you know, would this be the year they legitimately challenge for a playoff spot? Uh, Kevin Love obviously has established himself uh, as, a, as a, you know, a premier player in this league. So it's just a matter of, of everyone else, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I, I felt the optimism. You know, I felt people feel like, hey, maybe this is a, a, a chance. And obviously Kevin Martin going down doesn't help with the whole thumb. So, uh, you know, it's play- playoffs. You know, it doesn't look like they're, in the, you know, they're out of the question. But I think yeah, at the end of the year, you still you still want to uh, yeah, you, you, you want to be striving for something. Right. Yeah, and I think that's, that's that's what the Wolves are. You know, the Raptors are kind of the other end of the spectrum. I think we yeah. we've we've been where you were at where you're at right now for a long, long time. So we feel I feel your pain. Trust me, I do. Yeah, it's just it's like you keep you keep coming in ready to rock and roll, and then it's just another mm-hmm. you know another kind of a underachieving type of season, which definitely is the case of the Wolves in the in the past two years. We we could have blamed injuries and all sure. that because there were so many, but this year it's like there's some. Obviously, the Kevin Martin one just happened. Love keeps getting banged up lately. It's like I'm starting to think he's a hockey player lately. <laughs> but he's getting knocked around, banging his knee, hitting his neck on the floor, Gosh, uh, tailbone. I mean, it's like all the above. Yeah. Um, but that's just now. Whereas before that, it's just just losing games. You know, Rubio's. Uh, field goal percentage hasn't really increased over the course of yeah. his career. Well, well, yeah, the, uh, the, the Rubio hmm. thing. I mean, I think, I think, you know, he 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 gets a pass at times because, yeah. uh, you know, he he can make these flashy plays to other and get the balls to to pee others teammates in the right spot and and make them look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, you still want your point guard with a legitimate jump shot that can you know make defenses honest. Uh, if 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 my if my defense against you is to give you a space because you're not going to shoot it, you're not helping the squad. No, not at all. I mean, you need to be able to space the floor. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the one uh, ones of the league, really. Sure, sure. And, and 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 you want you know, and you really want Rubio uh, to come. You know, I think you know my hope would have been that hey, you know, Rubio goes in the off season with the goal of making that jump shot better and yes. and 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 coming in and demonstrating that. Yeah, we're hoping, hoping and praying for that to happen. It seems like it's year in, year out. There's always some kind of like world championships, Olympics, this and that, and then he'll go to that. <laughs> and obviously, that means practice time goes right out the window. And that's kind of been the, that's been one of the major issues we've been talking about in this town. Like, hopefully, we can just get him to, to 
uh, stay here. He's expressed that he wants to, but it's another matter of like his country drawing him there as well. Obviously, his country of Spain. Yeah, I mean, and and and, and I get it. You want to show some loyalty to your to to your country, but I mean, yep. again, you 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 need to raise that shooting percentage. You just you yeah. just can't. You know, I, I think I think a starting point guard in this league has to shoot a minimum of at least forty percent. And mm. I mean, and that's not even asking a lot. But I think that's where you need to be to make people reasonably honest. Absolutely. I mean, that's how the that's how the best ones have done it over the years, over many years. Uh, you have a point guard over there that I've been a fan of pretty much forever. Like since he was a Memphis Grizzly, I remember he was rumored to be coming here. Believe it or not, in the uh, the the once hated, now loved Kevin Love trade yep, <laughs> for, yep. for OJ Mayo. He, he was supposed to be coming back this way, and some of the trade ideas ultimately went to Houston not too much later, and then now to your Raptors. I'm, yep. I've been a fan of his for a long time. Yeah, you know what? Kyle Lowry has made a lot of fans this season here in Toronto. Um, there, there are some Raptor fans that are that are sort of uh, trying to, to sort of temper that 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 excitement because you know he's in a contract year this year. Oh and, yeah, uh, and, and 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 you've seen that many times where guys are playing for that contract, and uh, yep. and you know it's it's nothing new in, in professional sports for that matter. So, but but uh, you know, I, I, I quite frankly put that aside. And look what this guy is doing on the court. Um, you know, when 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 we when the Raptors traded away Rudy Gay, mm-hmm. what it really did was create opportunities and open up the space for players like Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry and even Terrence Ross uh, to be able to demonstrate what they can do. And uh, up until this point, uh, th- those three specifically have been delivering. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I look at the the the, 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 the leadership of Kyle, uh, and it's been phenomenal. He really is a, he really, you know, he's a stud. You know, he's got 12 assists tonight against the Pelicans. He's a nice defensive player, you know, good, well, Im- improving field goal percentage. At least he's been over 40%. Uh, <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm, I'm a big fan of DeMar DeRozan as well. Uh, Terrence Ross, didn't he have that 50-point game just yep, recently? 50, yeah, 51, yeah. My goodness, 51, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah he, he, he went off, and uh, I think fans are really excited about Terrence Ross because he's, he, you know, he, he, he's a real good kid. And I, I refer to him as a kid because obviously he's still quite young, but he's just yep. really good, hunger to learn, um, you know, physically, his, you know, his body. He still has to grow into the NBA, the, the NBA shape, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. to compete with the other the other threes at his position that he would have to guard. But you know, I I, I like the upside, and and again, I, I hate to put it on you know you know make it about Rudy Gay, but certainly uh, with Rudy Gay being in the lineup, taking the volume of shots that he did, I think it stunted the development and growth of guys like uh, uh, you know, well certainly Kyle Lowry benefited, but guys specifically like. Terrence Ross and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, big time. It, it's funny. It seems like everywhere he it's there's just certain players like that when it's like when they get injured all of a sudden the team's better. It, it's Sure. It's yeah, like yeah. You, you hate to say it, but it just seems to be the case. Well, we saw that with Danny Granger in Indiana. I mean, you know, he yeah. goes down. He was a he was the guy there uh, yep. for so many seasons, and uh, he goes down, and all of a sudden, this guy named Paul George appears out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. Lance Stevenson appears out of nowhere, it seemed, and, and and really stamps and solidifies themselves as legit players in this league. So, you know, it's one of those things where, in, in the case of Toronto, it's almost that whole uh, addition by subtraction th- philosophy. 
Yeah, it's really been the, you know, it's really happened a lot of times. It's uh, Chris Weber in Sacramento. It seemed like when he went out, they got way better. Uh, but Indiana, oh my goodness. I mean, the the way they changed when, the way, like the emergence of Paul George and, and Lance Stevenson, it's, it's been amazing. And look at them, number one team in the league right sure, now. Sure, sure. Um, it- Oh, Paul George. I, I try not to think about him too much because, well, we took Wesley Johnson ahead of him a couple of years back. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. That yeah. hurts. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's listen, uh, mm. you, you look back at these drafts, and I mean, if there was a crystal ball and, and as part of that future, I mean, you, you certainly would love to have that because there are a lot of guys that, that, that are out there. I mean, you know, what I think back uh, when the, the year we had the number one pick here in Toronto, we took Andrea Bargnani, uh, yep. you know. LaMarcus mm-hmm. Aldridge was available that year. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, and look at the, these guys are two ends of the spectrum right now. So, yeah, it, it's it's drafts are tough, man. Drafts are tough. They are. It's just it's so much. Oh, it's just so much like if this happened, oh, my goodness. And if that happened, but then but then unfortunately this happened. And the guy who was the guy who was turning out to be the number one star ended up having bad knees. We got acquainted with him last year, but well, okay. I try not to say his name on the show. <laughs> Uh, he killed us last year. Oh, five five million dollars for free. I hear you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's like look at that. You know it, how great he turned out to be, and then no, and then again the next year with <laughs> with Greg Oden. You know, number yes. one pick, easy yep. pick, but yep. no, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, nope. I I remember that year. Uh, you know, it was you know it was older Durant, over to Kevin Durant, and, oh, and, you know, and and it was made quite simply. You know, you you can't go wrong with either of those two, basically. Yeah. And uh, you know, Greg Oden proved that you could go wrong, big time. Even though, yeah, it's just one of those things where degenerating uh, knee situation a lot like well, obviously Roy much worse, but still, uh, I, I guess Oden's just as bad, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, and, and, right and, and, and you feel for Brandon because you know he 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 while he was there he did his job, uh, yep. you know, and he and he was that guy, and he hit tons of big shots for for uh, for the for the T. You know, it was uh, for Portland rather. Portland, yep. But, but yep. when when you look at what he had done over the course of his career, you feel excited. I know he joined the T. Wolves afterwards, but there yeah. wasn't really <laughs> much there. I mean, in fact, in fact, to show you how much I believed in him. At that time, uh, when he made his return, I actually picked him up on my fantasy squad. Mm-hmm. I really felt and believed that this he, he could have a major impact and 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 come around and not be the guy he was before, but mm-hmm. certainly make a, a a reasonable contribution. And unfortunately, uh, I didn't do well that year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought he was going to be. <laughs> I thought he was going to be good too. I I really did. It, and you just got this vibe, and I was thinking, boy, they must really know something because the Timberwolves, you know, David Kahn, yes. <clears throat> didn't go after, he, like, didn't pursue any other shooting guards after that. And I was like, wow, could it be that Roy is actually going to be starting material again? Obviously right. not, not right. you know, what he was, but starting material, 12, 15, 16 points a game. Sure. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we really got someone here. And then, No. <laughs> it, it it didn't work out, and yeah. and, and this is yep. a reality in the, in the NBA scene. I mean, you you take a chance, and you know, I I I, I give credit to David Kahn for making that move. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of guts to 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 try and go after a guy that once was and no longer is, and you feel that he could deliver. And unfortunately, yeah, you know, it didn't work out for the Wolves. No, big time, big time. <laughs> Oh, it's just classic situations. Yeah, I mean, it's that's what the NBA is all about, hypotheticals and all that. 
Um, but really, I mean, I've been, I don't know if this is, I don't, I don't know if you agree with this, but I've been in a way, in a way, semi-pleasantly surprised with Toronto. I mean, at least they're above 500 in a, in a conference right now like that, <laughs> that, uh, mm-hmm. you have, you have teams under 500 that would be in the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's, hey, I'll, it's I'll cool to it. see Toronto doing well. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll definitely take it. And, uh, you know, I think that in, in a year that there was lots of expectations and a team like Brooklyn who have, have, are, are bringing it around, but I mean, they had a horrendous start and, uh, not what everyone was expecting. You look at the payroll and the, that they're paying that team, you know, they, they certainly definitely, you know, under delivered and, and didn't do what was expected. But I think Toronto just kind of capitalized on that. Uh, yep. they, 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 they're playing with consistency, uh, uh, Masai Ujiri, uh, who the GM uh, has brought together a collection of guys who are committed to bring, working that sort of family atmosphere and mm-hmm. doing that whole togetherness as a team thing, and and you like to see that. So yeah. uh, you know, I think you know, I think and, and Raptor fans here, they're they're dying to go back in the playoffs again, and to think that they very well could have home court with yep. the number with with the, with the top seed in their division. Uh, that's huge, huge for the fan base. Yeah, it's very cool. They're winning the Atlantic Division in the Eastern Conference, and right now, I mean, who's, you know, who's to say they're not going to win that division? I mean, Brooklyn may sneak up and make a make a push at it, but I, I mean, I would hope Toronto could beat them at this point. That that backcourt, I'm just, I, I love it. Lowry, DeRozan, you know, obviously Terrence Ross is emerging. Sure. Um, do you like, do you like uh, Dwayne Casey? He he obviously uh, was our head coach for about a year and a half a uh-huh. while back. Nice defensive-minded guy. I I I I actually am a big Dwayne Casey fan. I've mm-hmm. I've had an opportunity to chat with him uh, mm. on a few occasions, and 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 the thing that I like about Casey and uh, that 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 he, he as a coach, uh, he holds players accountable. I I think that's that, that's huge that you, you that you say to a player, look, regardless who you are, uh, this is what needs to be done, and either you are doing it or you're not doing it, and and I I, I just I, I I really do I I have a I, I love that I think it's fantastic that you hold players accountable and you say, look, if you're not delivering, you're going to sit, and we're going to go to someone else that can make it happen. Um, and and the the other thing I appreciate about Casey is that his messaging is clear. Uh, there, there isn't any confusion. Uh, what he wants from players, what he expects from them, uh, he he lays it all out. Uh, you know, I, I've talked. I, I had an opportunity to speak to a, a lot of players, and, you, and the one thing you'll oftentimes hear is that you know, and and we'll see this, and as fans, and we've watched this as well, where we'll watch a team come out of a timeout. And we're like, what the heck did they just do? Yeah. And they'll throw the ball away or whatever. Well, oftentimes, oftentimes, the messaging in the huddle isn't clear and they come out confused. And yeah. you, would think, you would think that at the pro level that this wouldn't be the case or it shouldn't be happening. But in reality, it does. It mm-hmm. happens more often than we realize where, where you know, maybe a coach will, will call a play all of a sudden a player will freestyle and go off on their own and do their own thing. And I mean, listen, and as, as a coach, you want to give that latitude to players to make those types of decisions. But there are instances where, you know, the, the messaging just isn't clear and that's what leads to the confusion. Uh, I, I think Dwayne Casey is definitely clear with what he wants his players to do. That's important. That's very important because, I mean, the last thing you want is confused players. I mean... <laughs> Dare I slide off for three seconds? It's like look at look at look at the NFL at times. It's like you, can, <laughs> you talk about confusion, and you know you just know the coaches. You know they they're not relaying something correctly, and then yes. I, you know obviously the players are humans, the coaches are humans, 
But when you have a coach like that that can uh, relay the message to the players properly, like apparently right. Dwayne Casey does, that, I mean that's that does build a, a nice foundation for the team for the for the time being and for the future. It's huge. It's huge, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think it's something that's oftentimes under undervalued or underappreciated. Your ability to say to someone, "Hey, look, here's what we want to do." Look, you know, I, I coach my son's little league basketball team and a bunch of seven and eight year olds, and that's tough to get them to do what you want them to do oh, after the timeout. Man, it is it is not an easy thing, uh, and not that I'm comparing NBA players to seven and eight year olds, <laughs> but uh, the reality is. Still, it, no. It's the way you deliver the message is what's the key in all this. Yeah, that's cool. And yes, you did. Uh, yeah, I, I was reading about that a bit. Yeah, um, that's cool. Uh, how how long did you do that? Did you uh, coach youths? Oh, I've I've been uh, you know still are I, I well I still am for sure. But I've been I've been involved with youth basketball for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I, I first started coaching my daughter. Uh, when oh. she's about seven or eight, seven or eight, and she's now what eighteen years old, so <laughs> you know I've I've been doing that for a while, and uh, my little guys jumped up and wanted to get involved with the sport, and he loves it a lot, which is you know no coincidence, but uh, yeah, he loves the game an awful lot, and uh, he's been uh, as long as he's involved, uh, I, I've been coaching as well. So yeah, it's just something that's part of me, and and my style when it comes to coaching, you know, I, in, in fact, I oftentimes tell people. I'm absolutely terrible at X's and O's stuff, calling <laughs> plays. I don't do that at all. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is, is really under, conveying the fundamentals of what the game is about and what you're trying to do. And, and, and I'll give you a quick example. I remember going several years back. I remember going to a tournament watching uh, with my daughter's team and watching you know, a bunch of seven and eight-year-olds play. And I was so amazed that this one little girl came down the court, and she was a point guard, and she was calling up hand signals, using calling a play with these hand signals. And I, and I was just blown away. I'm like, wow, these eight year olds are calling plays. <laughs> and 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 what what made it uh, uh, the most fascinating thing was somewhere, and this happens to kids all the time, where somewhere in all the commotion, running around, uh, there was a mix up. And the girl that was covering the point guard that was making those hand signals ran off to cover someone else. So now you have this point guard with a wide open lane to the basket. But she didn't choose to score. And the reason why, because the play wasn't designed for that. The play play call was someone's supposed to set a screen. I use a screen and, and then try and score. And, and, and that, for me, is, is spoke volumes because here you have a child that doesn't understand that the goal is to score, yeah. not to run the play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and, and we see that often in kids' sports where they're not taught the right things fundamentally and why they're supposed to be doing what they're out there to do. And so, for me, that's kind of my base. I don't run no plays. I got none. I mean, that seven year, those eight-year-olds probably know more plays than I do, man. I, I, I don't run plays. I just <laughs> you know, I, I focus on here's how you play the game and, and here's what you're supposed to be doing out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, fundamentals. I mean, it just it makes such a difference. It makes such a difference in Sports, basketball, a uh, big time. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think about that—a wide open lane and yeah, you just take do, it. 
too stuck in the system. Don't do That's that. Right. You, know? you, got, you, you got it. And, 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 yeah. and we, we, we even seen coaches at the pro level that do that oh, where they yes. got their, their system. I mean, uh, the first guy that comes to mind is Jerry Sloan out in Utah. I <laughs> mean, know. you know, he ran it. This is how I run my team. Uh, mm-hmm. and this is how it has to be. And, you know, you can't argue with a guy who's worked so, for, for as long as it did and given him all the wins and success that it did. But yeah. at the same time, I think coaches have to be flexible. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking about Don Nelson flexible back when he was a coach with the Knicks and he was giving optional practices. I think mean, that's huh. that's way over the way over the top. Yeah, it's too but nice. I think at the same time, at the same time, you have to have uh, some room, some wiggle room for players to to be themselves. Yeah, very very important. I mean, and you know, you get easy points. You have to take them if you want to win the game. You have to take you got easy it. points. Uh, obviously, like one fundamental that drives me nuts in in the NBA is I can't get over how many guys. Like I know this is kind of like semi-random but i can't get over how many guys like they have some type of a lane or at least something and and they don't even go glass it just drives me nuts mm. they, they they try to go they try to scoop like the front of the rim and it bounces out or hits the front of the rim and i'm just stunned by it like glass is like the lost start <laughs> yeah the lost start man I mean, guys Big like time. there are there are a lot of guys like Tim Duncan that uh, that made a career off of going glass. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, prior to him, another guy that was using glass a lot was Scottie Pippen. He used to go oh, glass yeah. a lot. But I mean, there are, there aren't a lot of guys that do that. And maybe yeah, the whole the whole idea of getting to the rim, and attacking is is the goal. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd love to see a lot more players uh, use that part of the game. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, I, big time. And like when they attack the rim, they still don't go glass, which is really nuts to me. Because to me, that's just automatic points going glass. They just they're too worried about style or or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm yeah, I, I get really confused by that. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, like is it is it too boring? It's like I'd rather win. You know, <laughs> that's it. Get the two points, right? That's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, I see that all the time with the, with the wolves. It seems like. I don't know, and obviously it happens throughout the league. I can't just single out the wolves of that, but um, yeah, when you see players lack fundamentals, it can just drive you nuts. Uh, And with the wolves in general, uh, I'm sure you've probably uh, been aware of this, how Rick Edelman has built a reputation of not playing young guys. I mean, we're talking back to his Golden State Warrior days. Sure, That's something that's been kind of an ongoing discussion on the on the Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion and yep. probably message boards throughout ESPN and everywhere else. But, um, yeah, it, that that's another thing that drives me crazy with, with our coach, you know, in comparison to Dwayne Casey, uh, who I think was always patient with young guys, and they yes. played well under him. Yes. And, I mean, well, yeah, I, I think I think with when you think about young players, the thing that they need more than anything else is someone to believe in them and have that patience that you just referenced. Like mm-hmm. it needs to be there uh, to give that confidence and getting a player comfortable. Because once you're comfortable, then you can operate freely in what you know the system and do what needs to be done out there. But if you're looking over your shoulder, wondering if uh, you're going to screw up, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing, am I going to get the hook because I didn't do if I didn't run the play properly? Like I mean, <laughs> you know, you're just setting players up. So I think, you know, as far as, as, as uh, uh, Adelman goes, I mean, I remember mm-hmm. him back in the, the Kings days when he, he, he stuck to his rotations and, yep. and ran his guys, and that was it. And you're right. The young guys never got much of a chance uh, to get in. It's a, it's a horrible reputation he's, he's built. And, yeah, me and the forecaster went on and on about this in the last year quite a bit. And in going into this year, 
a guy by the name of Derek Williams, who now is on Sacramento because Adelman's not there. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah, he would always be looking over his shoulder because every time, say, well, no, he'd be playing well, but then he'd make some type of mistake, like he'd miss a layup or something. And you could just see him gritting his teeth. And then here comes the substitution alarm. Yep. Oh, yep, there he goes. It's like, come on, Adelman. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, and and you, and you hate to see that, especially for young yeah. players, because that again, that 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 that, that, that takes a huge shot on their confidence, right? You yes. want you want, and re- regardless, you know, whether you're a young player or a vet player, you know, you want guys to be confident to yep. be able to go out there and do what they need to do to perform. If they are not confident, I if you show you show me an unconfident player, and I'll show you a player that's not going to be successful. You have to believe that. You know, you can do what you want to do. And that confidence is, is instilled by the coach. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's that's what it's all about. The game of basketball is all about confidence. Uh, you know, Shabazz, Muhammad, Gorgie, Zhang, they never seem to get to play. Like, Zhang gets to play a little bit. And it seems like he kind of makes, you know, little wild mistakes once in a while. I'm, I don't know if that's because he's nervous out there or what. Uh, Shabazz, Muhammad... Hardly ever gets to see the light of day, but then he does play and he scores twelve points in like sixteen minutes. Right, right, so, and, that, and that's what you want, right? And and that's yeah. and that's the stuff that that you you, you build off of. I mean, that's the stuff that uh, you really really take and, and you say, okay, I did this this game. Now what can I do the next one? And you start to build that momentum. And yeah, and you like to see that. Yeah, and it's like, and unfortunately, the next game he gets like a minute and a half in garbage time. It's like, ugh. So that's where Adelman's not been building confidence in these guys. Uh, some of us have been calling for his head already, which is kind of sad. But then again, it's I'm I guess I've kind of been one of them the last few shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my hands my hands being raised. It's well, I mean, it's like the facts speak for themselves. There, there's a list um, going all the way back to Drazen Petrovich. Yeah, yeah, like a uh, buddy of mine, Tanae Wilson Brown out of uh, New Zealand, mentioned that on the. Facebook page. I mean, Petrovich did not play for that Blazers team. Uh, goes on to New Jersey, yep. as they were called that then, all the way up till just a year ago. Yep. And look how good he was before his unfortunate, you know, accident. Yep. 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 No, he I was hear so you. So good. Yeah. He was. You know, he was, and what could have been. That was always a big thing on draws, and like, you know, what could have been, or where he could have gone, how good he would have been. So, oh, man, hmm. you never know. We never know. Yep, he was one heck of a shooter. Yep, and yeah, I mean, that's the hope. The Wolves can, I don't know, I've got a sneaky feeling that this isn't going to, that Adelman's not going to last much longer, just because, obviously, we're under 500, which I just can't explain other than, well, they complain about how bad the bench is, yet you have a guy who can score, he might make mistakes in Shabazz Muhammad, but... right. You know, Love was constantly complaining about we well, don't get any scoring from the bench, but there's a guy that would score, but the coach is not going to play him. I I I, <laughs> I, actually, I actually think that they they need more scoring from the points. I mean, I oh, think yeah. that 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 for me is you know like I I you know yeah. I, when when um uh, was it was did Alexi Svedge join you guys last year or the year before? Oh, um, last year. It it was last year. Yep. Yeah. So when when he came on board, and again, one of these one of these players that have great international experience, and uh, you, you have expectations, and 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 you know you're not going to expect it exactly translate because there are there's a the, the game's a bit different on the international level where Alexi has a lot you know again a lot of experience, but uh, I, I had higher hopes for him. I really did. Yeah. 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 I did too. And there were times he would show flashes of it. 
especially with, of course, Kirilenko, who's like his, you know, his sure. goalmate on the court. <laughs> um, they, he was, he's really good at like uh, transition passing. He's really good at that. But it seems right. like the rest of his game, obviously, his physicality is like one <laughs> percent. I mean, he, right. he can't handle any type of uh, bump in the head or anything. He can't seem to handle any of that. But once in a while, like I was saying, he'll show flashes. But then he's the type of guy. It seems like when he gets "Quote unquote," smacked in the mouth. He just kind of curls up. Right, right, so, right, right. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, I thought I thought he could have a. I thought I thought he could really help 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 your squad out a lot. Um, and again, we talked about Rubio and his lack of uh, not having a decent jump shot. I think that hurts the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I need to you know need to see more from the point. You're not going to ask JJ Barea to do everything, right? Oh no, I I hope not. <laughs> well. Yeah, he, to, to to think that he might be the best option at the point at this present time is just. I mean, you, you you have more other places that you should be getting stuff from. You really should. Yeah, it's horrifying to even think about because JJ Barea is the classic. Every team has a guy like this. It seems like just about you know the BJ Armstrong, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like sure. when he was the Chicago the the Gunner. Sure, that's sure. basically what Barea is. Yeah, and. Sometimes, once in a while, I mean, I like him when he's driving to the basket, but once in a while, it's just like, um, yeah, like once in a while, he's solid and he looks good. And then other nights, it's just begging to get him out of there. And right. that's another Edelman thing where there are times when Rubio was playing, actually playing pretty good. And this happened last week where Rubio didn't play a minute or a second, pardon me, in the fourth quarter. It was all Berea. And I was just in agony the whole time because Berea wasn't doing well either. Oh, right, right. I was, I was getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yep, lots of ranting. So, yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that. Um, two games ago, Rubio actually, he he scored quite a bit, which was pretty cool. I mean, he shows flashes of it at times, but the consistency apparently not there. Two of ten right. tonight from the floor. Um, yeah, it, it hurts a lot. Still, still managed to get nine assists, but uh, it's the, yeah, it's the lack of consistency and... And and again, that goes back to my point. I mean, your yep. starting point guard has to be a threat on the offense, and yep. you know you can't you can't be shooting twenty percent. Yeah, you're you're dead on with that about the whole. He needs to be a factor in the offense. That that has been one of the, like pretty much the Achilles heel, you could say, of the of at least the starting lineup for the Timberwolves. You could say with the obviously Love's going to score Brewers here and there. He's kind of a wide receiver out there. <laughs> yeah, he's, yep. he's a good one. Yep. Um. Martin's this and that. He can be really good. He can be frustrating because he's not really strong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it does all kind of come to Rubio. He's in a lot of ways. He's the, in hockey terms, he'd be wearing the captain's C out there. Yep. And yep. he, yeah, he needs to be. He, he needs to be he, that threat. Yeah, he needs to be that threat. I mean, he needs to keep the defense honest. He does show ability to take the ball to the hoop, surprisingly at times, but. And sometimes he'll make the threes, but sometimes he doesn't. It's just it's it's all a consistency thing that right that can drive a can drive a fan nuts. I hear you mm-hmm. loud and clear. And loud it should. And... <laughs> no, they sh- you, you have to be a threat. Mm-hmm. If you're not, then you're just taking up space. It's four on five out there. Yeah, totally. Oh man, I mean that's pretty much the whole root of the root of the issue with the Wolves right now, it's hurt the, it's hurt the numbers yep. for Timberwolves' explosion, too, because it took away the excitement a bit. 
Uh. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that's it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, you're, the the roster. I mean, I think when you talk about the, I mean, the, losing Kevin Martin obviously was uh, was a big one um, because mm-hmm. you, you you need to have a complimentary scorer. Yep. To take the pressure off Kevin Love because you cannot ask him to to rebound the ball, score, and 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 make everyone better at the same time. And um, without that second or even third scorer, uh, that's essentially what you're asking him to do. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I can't disagree with any of that right there. Um, one other quick stuff, maybe as we head towards towards wrapping up the segment here, is uh, you're a professional speaker, huh? I, I, yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of dabble. Cool. A little, I, I kind of dabble a little bit of everything. Um, what what I what I essentially have done is uh, looked at uh, sort of and I and so again my whole world is about basketball and yep. um, I've taken basketball and talked about how uh, we can use that to uh, in, in, in the, within the context of leadership. So I, I talk about things like uh, uh, you know you you don't have to be a point guard to be a leader as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we <laughs> oftentimes think that the point guard is a leader on the floor or where I, I, I offer up that, uh, you know, you don't have to be a point guard. You could be any position on the floor, uh, the center of the forward, whatever. Like, I mean, you can be, uh, you, you can display leadership. And, and the reason why I say that is that, you know, leadership isn't about uh, what you say or, 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 or the orders that you give. Uh, leadership is about your actions and how you influence other people. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's where, so I take a lot of, uh, from the game of basketball, because that's always been my thing, if you will. Yeah, uh, and, I, yeah. and I translate that into the leadership perspective. Uh, I wrote a book last year called Gifts from Others, and mm-hmm. uh, that was on that was this very same vein of of trying to uh, impart sort of leadership lessons uh, from just my own personal experiences and things that I've learned from people. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, yep, and do Google that book out there. Uh, what was it one more time? Yeah, the, the website is giftsfromothers.com. Gifts from others, uh, okay. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a motivational uh, uh, quote book. Uh, mm-hmm. And just a variety, there's over 600 quotes in there that I've personally oh. written. Um, and uh, Just along the lines of things to, to make yourself better, so to speak. Um, so yeah, that was really the whole idea of writing that book. And um, I do I do speak uh, when when I'm able to find time in my days with everything else that I've got going on. I I, I get out there and share uh, the cool lessons I've been taught. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. And there's one other uh, there. There's a line too that I in your video. I was like, huh, this is it. That's pretty cool. I uh, you said I don't have bad days. I have bad moments. And when mm-hmm. I put that in for perspective, uh, excuse me, perspective, that changes things. That, that's really cool. Well, it, it it does. I mean, I, I think oftentimes you, you you can put it like like you even think within the context of a game as an example. You know, you don't if if you, if a basketball player misses a shot, one mm. shot, they mm-hmm. don't pack it all and say, "Well, that's it." You yeah, know, they, they're that unconscious shooter where they go, "Well, then I'll I'll have to make the next one." And and so yep. when 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 you think that way in terms of. Uh, I don't have bad days. I, I have bad moments. And mm-hmm. my whole idea is to limit those and make those moments as small as possible so they don't take up my entire day because there's still lots of stuff yeah. to do. That's a very, very, very cool way to put things. I mean, and heck, I, I, I like how you tie it into basketball, too. I, I tend to do that a lot when I talk as well. I tend to tie mm-hmm. things into basketball, sometimes sure. even football. It it makes it more fun to it, and you tie it together. It makes more fun. It makes it more fun. Pardon me. And uh, 
it also at the same time makes a lot of sense too. I mean, I miss a shot. Sometimes I might go 0 for 3 but still finish the game with like 35 points. I well, mean, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's all sorts of reasons that can come into play or factors. But the, the key is stop because what you thought or what you wanted didn't happen your way or whatever. You, you, you keep going, right? And that's, that's yep. really what it's about. You don't quit. Um, because you missed a shot, you you, you keep on moving. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of the, the the messages that I that I deliver or speak to, they definitely are tied to the game of basketball, and and they're interwoven, if you will. And that's again, that's just been my thing, and 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 kind of what I do. So, as a speaker, um, it's 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 really about imparting something you know with your audience that you can leave them with uh that that they can walk away and be better for that experience so yeah yeah speaking i'm, I'm glad you asked about that because i, mm-hmm. I it's, it's funny with all that i do um i i probably sp- i i probably comment or speak the most about the the, the leadership aspect of my work because i'm just so wrapped up in my basketball <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and that's cool i mean and it is all about just keep battling keep battling you know that's what it's all about well, yeah. When you listen, when you get in those huddles in the fourth quarter, those coaches and those, and they call a timeout, that's the type of message that they're delivering. Don't yeah. stop. Keep grinding. Keep working. We got this. We're gonna win. Mm-hmm. That's what it's. It's literally what it's all about. Just staying tough. No, I like that. I I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that video and recommend it to you know in, anybody that wants to go to the Oddman Media, or excuse me, the Oddman dot com. Yeah. ends up being the Oddman Media Network and, uh, when you click on the network link and you can yep. check out all of our shows on there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm again, I'm really proud to have them and oh, thank yeah. you again for, for, for coming on board and uh, again, it's for, for me the opportunity to to, to share content in, in, in an environment that fosters the game of basketball and helps it grow and develop. Um, here in Canada, it's really, really important to us that the that, that basketball does well, and uh, I think it's only fitting that I'm a part of uh, the first Canadian basketball league because of just my love for the game and wanting to see it do well here in Canada. Yeah, that's got to be awesome to be a part of something like that. It's like, you know, you understand it's not the NBA, but, you know, it's something that can build towards it, and I think that's that's really neat, and it gives players an opportunity to show what they can do and possibly build to the next level well it does and you know what the mm-hmm. biggest thing and uh, the biggest thing that uh, i hear from a lot of players that play in this league and i've never would have thought of this until they shared this with me but a lot of players you'd be surprised the number of players that do not want to go overseas mm-hmm. the number of players oh, yeah. that want to stay close to home the number of players who've never had a chance for the loved ones to watch them play and all of a sudden if you're from detroit uh, and you're playing in Canada, well, that's just a stone's throw away, and now yeah. you have an opportunity for your family, your loved ones, who for many may have never, ever seen them play. And if you think it through for a second, let's say, you know, you, you, you're, you know, let, let's say you're a young player from Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, you get an, a scholarship to go to a Division One school, you know, anywhere in the U.S., let's say. Well, if your family or friends aren't making that trip, They'll never see you play live. And then what happens is uh, your college career ends. uh, The next opportunity that you have, which which isn't the NBA, comes overseas. Now you've gone overseas, and now your family and close friends have never seen you play professionally because you're not there. So uh, Mm -hmm. the idea of playing in Canada close to home, 
uh, is intriguing for a lot, a lot of players, and and a, and a big reason why why they elect to be a part of the NBL Canada League. Yep, it makes a big difference. All about you know, location, location, location. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's like that should be like the <laughs> that should be the slogan of the league. <laughs> That's it. That's it. In a in a sense, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, that makes a, that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. I mean, if I was a if I was a guy who wasn't quite NBA level that wanted to, you know, keep playing, I'd probably, yeah, I mean, I'd rather play there than in Israel or something, you know. Sure. sure. Ultimately, just just because, you know, I I, I think that'd be great. Um, really, though, man, I mean, this was uh, this was fantastic. I I really appreciate it. <laughs> really. Uh, well, I- well, I, I, th- I thank you for letting us go off on a tangent here. I know we were all over the place here, and, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, no, I think again, this, for for me, the opportunity to share and and talk about stuff and and, and the stuff that is important to me, and, and that happens to be basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I apologize if it was a bit all over the place. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it was a, my pleasure. It's my kind pleasure. Of a, it's kind of a fun way to do the show, in a way, I guess. You know, and it's like we kind of introduce ourselves as well. You know, <laughs> like we're kind of. And, um, you know, I'm still pretty new, obviously, to the Oddman Media Network, and it's nice to, nice to be a part of it. Um, also, yeah, I mean, letting, obviously, the listeners, yes, this is a bit more unorthodox version of Timberwolves Explosion, not quite reviewing games as much as more just having basketball conversation and uh, letting you get to know the man, the man behind the Oddman Media Network. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what this is all about right here today. Hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. And, uh, and you know, a- any time, by all means, and maybe we'll spend some more time talking about NBA hoops next time. Mm-hmm. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, but it's what it's all about, too. Thanks again. Really appreciate you. And do check us out on the Oddman Media Network. And um, maybe we'll see some new shows on there at some point. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. All right. So thanks again. We will be back. To talk about the fan interaction, you guys get a chance to interact with us on the Facebook and Twitter. We'll be back right after this. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportsstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Timberwolves Explosion by liking us on Facebook and following at Wolves Explosion on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. It is time 
for the fan interaction segment. It wasn't oddly fantastic. You know, <laughs> yeah, he really was. And that's, uh, yep, that's the guy right there behind the Oddman Media Network. Definitely recommend that. Anyhow, but yeah, again, want to continue to thank him for being a part of this. And yeah, expect to have him back on at some point as he extended invitation. So, really cool. Yeah, and yes, we will be more NBA-related. It was just more of an introduction and, of course, talking some NBA. You know, we're, we're just kind of getting to know each other right here on air in a lot of ways. So, that is the case. Hope you did enjoy that. On to the Facebook page. Yes, sir, the Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion. And right away, I have to make a correction because I was telling, oddly, that Tanae Brown made this post. It was actually Kalen Woods. And, of course, Tanae makes a lot of fantastic posts. But, um, yeah, at the same time, I mean, i got to make sure I credit the correct person. Apologize to you, Kalen. Another fantastic poster on this page. He was saying, watching an old ESPN documentary on the Yugoslavia national team in particular, the friendship between Vlade and Drazen. Yep, Drazen Petrovic, yes. And when they both came to the NBA, and Drazen was struggling for a playing time and getting rid of them, who was his first coach? Adelman. And of someone who was considered the best player in Europe and one of the top players in the world, couldn't get off Adelman. <laughs> couldn't get off Adelman's bench. What hope does Shabazz or Jen got? <laughs> That's pretty much a gold star right there, Kalen. That's pretty much a gold star statement. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 Kalen's getting the gold star. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just so brutal considering the situation with Shabazz Muhammad. Um, me and, yes, the forecaster were watching the game, the recent uh, game against the Pelicans that the Timberwolves lost and just pissed me off. Where Shabazz, actually, he, he, he kind of looks like Charles Barkley out there a little bit, actually. The way he kind of goes into the basket, kind of backs them into guys and stuff. He looked good when he finally did get to play. But then what did he get <laughs> What did he get tonight against the Houston Rockets? Yeah, like a minute and a half of garbage time. And it's like, yeah, the guy's not ever getting any stinking playing time. It's just, just incredibly frustrating. <sighs> Kalen continuing saying, I know when watching the documentary I couldn't believe what I was hearing. That he couldn't get off the bench. Then I saw Adelman, and we all know what happened with Drazen. Once he got a chance, <laughs> once he got a chance, he turned into a budding star, which of course was with the New Jersey Nets, and of course tragically cut short, but was on the verge of getting the Nets good and relevant. And they were starting to get, they were starting to become a decent team with him and Derek Coleman and 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 such. Uh, I believe Kenny Anderson. Yes, yeah, he was on that team back then. Man. Mm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, man. Tene Brown saying, Congratulations to Brewer on the birth of his son. And maybe we witnessed the birth of some Ricky Rubio scoring. Yeah, that was that Pelicans game. A very uh, solid, a, a great game for Rubio. He was actually scoring points, especially with Kevin Love out of the lineup. He's like, heck, I need to start scoring now. And he did. Um Oh, Stu, I got a comment about something. I, and we're going to get to that soon. Something... Yeah, Hank started a thread that got things going about uh, Ricky Rubio's no good or whatever. Not uh, not as good as uh, Trey Burke. We're going to get to that here in a second. I just got to look at this. Uh, this freaking... It was the Blazer game. I called it the Pelicans. I apologize. The Blazer game. I, I knew it was somebody better than the Pelicans. Excuse me. And congratulations, Tristan Mayer, on kicking our butts in that fourth quarter, third and fourth, when the Wolves looked good for the longest time. 
Uh, of course, no Kevin Love. Rubio really, really took charge in the scoring, as did Corey Brewer. Really, really, like, up there, Annie in the offense. Chase Bunninger shot 50% in that game from three and from the floor in general. Rubio shot almost 50%, had 25 points and 9 assists in that game. Just incredibly, incredible game and what of a sign of what could come with Ricky Rubio. Got to the line, 7 of 8 from the line from Ricky Rubio. we got to see a little more of that aggressiveness. we got to see it. I mean, if Kevin Love's in the lineup, do you really think Kevin Love is going to complain that Ricky Rubio is being more aggressive with the ball? You really think he is, and and if he is, he's the worst leader in the in the in the league because uh, well he's not qualified to lead anybody if that's the case because Ricky Rubio plays anything the way he did against Portland, the Minnesota Timberwolves, as oddly kind uh, so <laughs> astutely mentioned, would be a much better basketball team without a doubt because look how good the Wolves were against Portland when Ricky Rubio was aggressive like this and actually was making some shots and was attacking the basket. How much better were the Wolves in that situation against a great basketball, well, a good basketball team? <laughs> yeah, so point made. And Shabazz, Charles Barkley, Muhammad also <laughs> had a solid game in the limited, or well, actually more, he got more than limited time for once. It's probably the first time all season. Okay, anyhow, I dragged that out a bit, but again, because the show was kind of unorthodox, uh, no reviews and such. It, uh, God, I'm just looking at that thread. There's 68 comments on there, so you know I'm not going to read all of them. I'm going to kind of hit some of the notables. Um, Hank McCoy, and yes, thank you for that comment, Tanae. Always keep posting. Love, love everything he has to say. Uh, Hank McCoy saying, hey, Joey, just a question for your next show. If Caleb is planning to leave Minnesota, would a number one pick in the draft be enough for him to stay? Maybe. Um... <sighs> Maybe. Uh, it's like, yes, and probably not. I mean, that's the thing. You know, now that I think about it, if Kevin Love is planning to leave, he probably would just leave. He would probably be like, you know what, a number one pick, whatever. Unless it was like the number one overall pick. Because um, you simply said number one pick. Number one overall, maybe. But if a guy is flat out planning to leave, I, I don't think he would stick around just because of a, a draft pick, per se. E- even if it was a really good player. Because I don't know if he has enough. If he was leaving, he that would mean he'd pretty much given up. Had no faith in the organization, as they say in Canada, with their, in the at least in the hockey parts of it. Um, if a guy's pretty much set on hard set on leaving, I don't think a draft pick would keep him around. Um, I'm really again crossing my fingers of that. I'm going to continue uh, with that conversation in a little bit. Here's one that kind of went eight bleep. We'll say because there's 68 comments. I don't know if I'll ever get to all of them. Like, Well, obviously I'm not going to read all of them. Uh, there's just too many. It's like hard to even get it going. Hank McCoy simply saying Timberwolves should have kept Trey Burke. He's better than Ricky Rubio. There, I said it. Oh, Hank. Zing and all that good stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to do that sound effect you make when you're like, what? <laughs> what? That one too. Um, Hank says, I don't care what you say, Vince. I'm convinced can you're Vince and convinced? Hey, that's it. That's an interesting combination of words there. Um, oh boy, it, it just bounces around. And Vince says, "I'm convinced you're a dickhead." <laughs> Hank saying, "Truth hurts." Talk about that chump. Whoa, these guys going at it. Uh, I'm trying to find where. Uh, where, where does he say it? Uh, Stu Vincent says a couple of things here. 
Let's see, I gotta get to them. Um, well, yeah, I'll just look at Stu here. He says, Timberwolves get no applause to me for selling jerseys and TV rights throughout Europe or for having an overhyped point guard. Look at ya. He said, I heard a bunch of ladies figured it was right up my alley. Hmm. I'm trying to find that comment. Where was it? Here it comes. This is it. This is it, Stu. Look at you. You're getting the... You're getting the... Well, Hank, Hank should get it, too. The uh, the green star for, like, making me vomit. You know, because it's green. You know you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you guys, look at you. Look at you, Stu. I, I, I love Hank and Stu, but, man, look at you. Look at you. If Ricky Rubio was just some dude named Rick Rubenstein and came from Wisconsin, especially if he came from Wisconsin, by the way, <clears throat> instead of Spain, he'd be in the D-League. Are you kidding me? Are, are you kidding me? Come on, Stu. Come on, Stu. I love you. I love you. Never stop posting or anything, but... And yeah, I can even keep making comments like that, too, because you're more than welcome to be on the show. Opinions are absolutely welcome on this show at any time, even if they're opinions that, uh, well, may differ from mine and differ from other people's. It, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and say Kevin loves going to L.A. or Rubio sucks or Shabazz is this and that. I, I don't know what Shabazz is, actually, other than he's he's kind of got a little chuck in him. Obviously, I know people are going to be like, what the hell, Joey? No, I mean, just similarities. That doesn't mean he's good like Charles Barkley, just the similar style of you know, his game is kind of like that. Not his talent, yet. Maybe, maybe like 50 years from now. Okay, I'm just kidding. Anyhow, I'm driving this way too far. <laughs> but yeah, he says that Rubio can't shoot, can't guard Steve Nash's walker. Uh, no, I I don't buy that about the defense. Um, no, I, I don't think his defense is that bad, and he does gobble up the passing lane, which I do appreciate. Creating turnovers gives you extra possessions. That's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah, maybe he gambles a little bit, but not that much. I, I, I don't really see Rubio getting absolutely obliterated on a regular basis. Am, am I really wrong to say that? I mean, I, I've been watching a lot of Wolves games, and I don't really get the vibe that Rubio's a, a horse crab defender. I, I just don't. At times, okay, but not all the time. So let's wrap up that uh, thread before it goes on for 15 minutes and... I know this show's long. I apologize, guys. But, um, you know, we had a lot of fun along the way here. Uh, Tanay, yes, I like this post. I like it. Actually, Vince saying something first, saying, Those Rubio haters have gone a tad quiet. Keep doubting, people. It's only going to make it more sweet for me. Yeah. Yes, Silver Star, Vince Germano there. Silver Star, Silver Star. <laughs> and this uh, post here by Kevin Love. Yes, Kevin Love on the Timberwolves.com and uh, Mark Remy, our buddy, on TimRules.com as well. I gotta get Mark Remy on here too sometime. I mean, he would be a perfect guest for the show, and he was so kind to, you know, kind of help us get plugged on TimRules.com. Um, I wish that meant the listenership would go up, but I don't know. It's, I guess there's just not enough Wolves fans out there. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the heck. <laughs> but it'll go up. Okay, I gotta stop thinking about that. Danae uh, said, winning record, and we keep love, and I'm going to read a bit what Lovey said. Lovey said. He's not Lovey Smith. He's just Kevin Love. <laughs> he says, It's been an amazing couple of weeks. I was humbled and honored by your support. Getting named as a starter for the 2014 All-Star Game in New Orleans. Timberwolves fans and people of the Upper Midwest have been awesome since the day I arrived in Minnesota. Thank you all for your All-Star votes. 
See, this, this is the second part here is where I kind of get like, you know, I think he's staying. Uh, other people say no, I think he is. Um, he says, these are exciting times for all of us. This past week, we announced plans for our new practice facility and training center, Mayo Clinic Square, along with the up-and-coming renovation of Target Center. We will be practicing and playing in some of the best facilities in the league. As players, we appreciate your support. We notice the crowds. We notice when the crowds get larger and louder. We draw energy from that. I'm looking forward to representing you in New Orleans the second half of the season as we continue, as well, he's probably saying, and the second half of the season, as we continue our push for the playoffs and my future in Minnesota with the Timberwolves. Um, now, either Kevin Love is the biggest lying, manipulating SOB in the world, or this is an extensive conversation of his future being in Minnesota. Now, it's not just the ending of it at all. The ending part is the part that could be just kind of like, eh, but then again, even that as well sounds good. Uh, it sounds good. But the upper part to me, why would he talk extensively about the practice facility and the renovation of the Target Center if he was on his way out in a year and a half? I, I just, I don't know. Again, either he's like a lawyer lying his teeth out like lawyers love to do. I just do not like lawyers at all. Um, and I hate what they've, you know, I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> I hate what they've done to this world. Okay, anyhow, there I said it. Uh, either he's one of those, or there's just, to me, there's uh, too much reason to believe that he is connected to this franchise and this community enough that he wants to stick around. Um, it just seems like it to me. I I'm getting that vibe, folks. I'm getting that vibe. A lot of people thought Wally, I've said this before, but a lot of people thought Wally was on his way out. But the way Wally was talking, I got the vibe he was going to sign a long-term contract. And guess what? He did. I think Kevin Love will re-up when the opportunity does present itself. I do think he will opt out when the opportunity presents itself as well to get the long-term max contract security that Flip Saunders, Glenn Taylor, and co. will obviously offer. And I do believe that signature at the bottom of this <laughs> of this image here that Tanae and, and Mark Remy posted on Facebook... I do believe that same signature will be at the bottom of a Minnesota Timberwolves max contract in a year and a half. End of sermon, end of podcast, and end of Timberwolves Explosion episode 120. I do appreciate all of you for listening. Again, do appreciate all of you. Don't forget about the sportsstuff.com, which is the flagship website of Timberwolves Explosion. And of course, theoddmen.com. It's not odd as an O-D-D, it is... <laughs> A-U-D-M-A-N, like kind of almost like spelling oddly, but with A-U-D-M-A-N, theoddman.com. That's how you can get there and go from there. Learn more about Mr. Oddly, learn more about NBL Canada, and of course, the other NBA podcasts that are on there as well, like The Courtside. And on thesportsup.com, there's the crossover, the New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets podcast, two Australians that are just the bomb, love Rusty and PMAC, and you should as well. And talk about numbers, that show does pretty good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does pretty good. Um, I, I just want to appreciate all of you. Do do give a positive rating on iTunes if you could. And if, if and when you do, you will get a shout-out on Tim Rose Explosion. Do appreciate you oh so very much. Always have, always will. 
never stop posting. And those of you that may identify as Rubio haters, don't stop posting. It's part of the show, man. It's part of the show. All about discussion. We don't have to agree on everything because if we do, this would be a very, very boring world. Yes, it would. Thanks again for listening and do (laughs) take care. Do stay warm and do stay cool for those of you in Australia because I keep hearing how hot it is there and we keep, and they keep hearing how cold it is here. <laughs> all right, so do stay comfortable for those of you out there all over the place and stay safe for those of you in the Georgias and the Kansases and all that stuff. Thanks again for listening. End of sermon, end of tangent. Thank you. Take care. We will be back next week.